I saw your camera was on, and uh, but you weren't there, so, so <laughs> I, I watched you sit down, and if we had a TV show, that would be like, you know, one of the opening shots, like on the, over the credits, uh-huh. would be like just the, and then you'd see you come the in. The TV break. show is like, it's a TV show version of the pod. Yeah. Yeah. Bad. It's a bad idea for a show? No, I just mean, I don't mean it's a bad idea for a show, I mean it's bad like the show is. The show, it's well, it's both ill-conceived and uh, poorly, <laughs> poorly, made. poorly executed. Yeah, <laughs> but it's like campy. Like that's what we're going for. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. Because it's like the Full House opening with me sitting down in the chair. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Is it? That's kind of the vibe I'm getting. Uh, I don't remember anybody sitting down in the Full House open. Right. Not specifically, but like it's like quick cuts of people doing things that they might do, like sitting down. Well, the TV show is about us recording a podcast. Oh, right. So you're saying we wouldn't do much else. Right. Okay, fair enough. Gonna have a lot of fun. Gonna hit a hum run. In the littlest league possible. In the littlest league possible. Gonna make a big splash. You wanna do a podcast? Okay. It's Cold Stove. Cold stove for everyone else. We thought uh, Manny Machado was going to sign yeah, by this really one. <laughs> Nothing. Right. Stove turned off. Okay. Welcome to Tater Tots uh, for another week. This is week 10. Into the double digits. Woo! Woo! 10 years old. <laughs> 10 years old. 10 years straight of doing this podcast. That's right. Can you believe it? No. It feels like not Only- but 10 weeks. Yeah. I'm Tim. I'm Duncan. This week we're covering Herman Marquez, a pitcher for the Colorado Rockies. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. This has been a long weekend. It will continue to be an even longer weekend. Did you know it's a holiday on Monday? Not for me. You don't have a holiday? No. Your office, I don't know how to put this uh, politely, disrespects the history of the civil rights movement. Well, my company was founded in the UK, so. Oh, they're Brits. That's right. Uh, yeah, it's it's been a cold stove, and you know what they say about coldness? Um, it makes everything slow down. That's true. That is literally true. It makes the the atoms that com- that that are that compose matter uh, slower. Yeah, and all of a sudden, this is like a physics show. Not not even just baseball. We cover this everything. week. We're talking about physics with special guest Bill Nye. Welcome to the show, Doctor Nye. Is he a doctor? I don't believe he is. Okay. Um. Wow, that kind of surprises me, actually. Yeah, he got, um, he's an engineer. Okay, well, anyways, all this is to say that uh, it's been a very slow week, much slower than, as I think we talked about a little bit earlier, uh, much slower than we anticipated. <laughs> we and how really... do you feel about uh, that Bill Nye? I know you do your Bill Nye. My Bill Nye impression, okay. Yeah. <clears throat> I, uh... <laughs> uh, uh, the base, baseball is like a... It's like a planet. And there's like a sound effect. Oh, perfect. Yeah, because that's how Bill Nye sounds. Yeah, and he says like, when you think about a planet, it's got moons. And the stitches of a baseball are kind of like the dust storms on Jupiter. Keep going. Oh, you want me to keep going? Yep. 
Great. Uh, okay, and 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 sometimes the horseshoe nebula looks like a baseball bat. You sound like this is a really bad impression of Bill Nye. <laughs> I don't. I, I sincerely don't know what Bill Nye sounds like. Bill Nye is excited about things, and he always screams the word science. He goes science. I didn't want to yell. It's science. I didn't. I didn't feel very confident in my impression at all. I don't know if you could tell. <laughs> When matter gets cold, the atoms in the particles stop moving around so much and form a solid mass. Science! Uh, anyway, all this is to say that it's been a very slow week <laughs> in the real world. Uh, do you think maybe if they play this podcast at MLB headquarters, they'll be like, all right, fine, we'll, like, we'll make sure that everybody gets the money they're due as long as you guys stop podcasting? Yeah, that's the whole point of our podcast. Our podcast is a slow burn protest against the current uh, the current collective bargaining agreement. I love that. Mm-hmm. I'm very pro pro player on that. I, I think I think as long as we keep doing horrible tangents about beloved TV shows, uh-huh. <laughs> the players are sure to get a bit more equitable deal. Uh, players are getting really mad. This thing yeah. is starting to boil over, and it's still not time to strike for another. Uh, t- uh, I guess next off season. Evan Longoria was that was tweeting up a, a big storm. Yeah, and it was um he was he was not just like generically upset. He was upset in the language of labor. Yeah. Um which was like I've seen some players kind of being like upset that players aren't signing, they're not getting enough money, but Evan Longoria's was pretty articulate. <laughs> I'm going to pull up the tweet. Yeah, go for it. <clears throat> well, Evan Longoria 3 from Instagram. We are less than a month from the start of spring. Once again, some of our game's biggest stars remain unsigned. Such a shame. It seems every day now someone is making up a new analytical tool to devalue players, especially free agents. As fans, why should quote-unquote value for your team even be a consideration? It's not your money. It's money that players have worked their whole lives to get to that level and be deserving of. Bottom line, fans should want the best players and product on the field for their team. And as players, we need to stand strong for what we believe we are worth and continue to fight for the rights we have fought for time and time again. The last paragraph there is what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, that's actually, the beginning that's also, is kind of... Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say that that's a really great point. <laughs> and like About value? About like instructing or like criticizing fans of baseball specifically for being fans of value that like, uh, being more concerned with uh their team saving money than with the quality of output well they're fans of like the gm or something i guess or like the ownership it's complicated and uh for a better discussion of this you should listen to the latest effectively wild as always for um, a better discussion of most things yeah i would like every week this is just like a half-assed remix or like yeah <laughs> effectively wild um uh, but they have a discussion with the editor of BP, whose name I'm forgetting, who put out an article that thinks maybe it's unethical to discuss player salaries at all. BP is Baseball Prospectus. Baseball Prospectus. Prospectus. Base, 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 base football. Prospectus. Maybe. I mean, it's unethical to... Well, no, because here's the thing. That's the... You know, there's that Adam ruins everything that's all about how, like... You should share everyone's salaries. But the problem is there's this big imbalance. We have no idea what the finances of the ownership are, right? So you only get one side to this, and that side is tremendously analyzed. So instead, there should be no sides. He said he would be okay with it if you reported um, a team 
or like, you know, such and such player receives $9 million. And the rest of the article was an analysis of the quality of that player, but not of their value relative to that amount of money. Sure. But that that's pretty impossible with the current um, environment. Yeah. You know, what's funny. Um, uh, Craig Calcaterra, whose name I may or may not be pronouncing correctly. He's yep. the, he, he's, you know, he's the main baseball guy for NBC sports. Yep. Um, he had a tweet recently. He's like pretty like politically, he's like pretty far to the left, which I think is interesting mm-hmm. because he had a tweet recently that was like, oh, like my friend pointed out to me that like we're too old to like want to be baseball players now. So now that we're whatever in our 40s or 50s, we want to be GMs. Mm. Um, And I think that that's like an, I don't know that he was necessarily commenting on like fandom of a certain age or at a certain age, but like... I think it's a criticism and I think it's a, it's a, it's an interesting one, especially given what you should definitely go to effectively wild for a better conversation about. It occurs to me, I something I just remembered was that before I started getting more into it, when I was a little baby and I heard about player contracts, I did root for the player. My first inclination was when I heard about players I liked, I wanted them to get more money. I thought, yeah, they should make more money than other players at a comparable thing because I like them so much and they're good. And that shifted pretty early because, you know, all the literature is referring to those as bad value contracts. Well, yeah, because also, I mean, there's that thing about how, like, toddlers, you know, like, you become less greedy as you age. You Mm -hmm. know about that? There's all those studies about how, like, they get kids at certain ages and ask, like, if they would share, like, a, you know. Um, So I, I think that, like, there's an instinct that you have as a kid that just like generally speaking money is good to have and so like whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you think this is more indicative of me being greedier as a, as a child? I do a little bit, but I think yeah, that, yeah. but uh, you know, cuz then also when you grow up and and your understanding stops being about like uh, you know, you stop thinking about players in a vacuum and start thinking about the team that you're rooting for. Um, and it, it it just becomes a little bit more nuanced, right? It's not just like, oh, did my player, the player that I like, get money? It's yeah. did the player that I like get money from the team that I like? It's just another right. And you're of course you're rooting for the laundry and and all that. All right, let's get to the tot stove. Do we need like a music for the tot stove? Yeah, I think it should be the song that goes too hot, hot damn that one, hot damn. But it would say too tot, tot, tot damn. damn. Yeah, okay. Well, here we are in the, the Tot Stove. Uh, yeah, as we mentioned, it's a very cold week for the Tot Stoves. Um, A.J. Cole, Tater Tot pitcher, A.J. Cole, uh, was claimed off waivers uh, by the Cleveland Indians. Wow. Um, yeah, uh, A.J. bounced around a little bit in the past year or so. He started with the Nationals. Mm. I believe they traded him to the Yankees mm. at the deadline. And then the Yankees... Uh, DFA'd him in favor of one Troy Tulowitzki. Um, I believe we talked about his DFA last week. Yeah, uh, and and so that's that. Do you have a Do you have any takes on that? Yeah, I have to have a taunt take on each of these now. You don't have to. Oh boy. All right. My take is that I think that uh, AJ Cole will uh, remain with the uh, with Cleveland until at least the beginning of the season. I think he'll 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 make the team. That's almost too hot of a take for me. I don't think I can even handle. It. I need to blow on it. I think. Um, yeah. So the the molecules in that uh, take are moving around quite a bit. <laughs> Great. Yeah, they're shaking and trying trying to break those chemical bonds that hold them together as a solid. I love that. Mm-hmm. 
This is an article from the Sports Daily that says the New York Mets may still trade Travis Darno. Yeah. I don't think that's going to happen. My hot take is that that will not happen. Yeah, I think that we both shared that take. You don't think that AJ Cole will make uh, make the Indians? No, I think that he will. I think that he will uh, stay on the Indians all season, actually. Uh-huh. <laughs> so if now we have a new segment of the podcast where you pick my favorite hot take. Yep, and it's 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 that I agree with you that I don't think that the Mets are going to trade Travis Darno. <laughs> uh, boy. What? And that's that's been the, usually the Tot Stove segment, <laughs> I think, is a little longer than that. But hey, it's been just, slow. It just gives us uh, more more time to, to uh, shoot the breeze about Kyler Murray. I was just going to say more time to get on with our freaking lives. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's talk about Kyler Murray, though. This so segment is called the Kings of Baseball what segment. Are, what are we doing this year, this week, to become the king of baseball? We build our platform plank by plank, and this week the plank is uh, give Kyler Murray as much money as he wants. It feels I know that this was this week, but this Kyler Murray story feels like it was more than one week ago at this point. I know. I don't know why. Uh, <laughs> let's do a it's quick of summary the of the Kyler Murray situation. Yes. So Kyler Murray uh, was drafted. Was he a first round draft pick of the Oakland A's? I think he, he was. was. He was like fifteenth yeah. overall. Th- he was the first round draft pick of the Oakland A's last season. Um, and at the time, they the A's uh, allowed Kyler Murray to continue to play quarterback at Oklahoma University, where he was the quarterback. Um, and then, out of nowhere, Kyler Murray became a sensation and won the Heisman Trophy for being the quarterback of the Oklahoma Sooners. Uh, and now he wants to play football instead. Um, and the A's are trying to get him to play baseball by offering him millions and millions of dollars I think like $15 million. 15 is what he wants. Uh, okay. the, the problem with this, of course, is that teams are limited in the amount of money that they are allowed to give to draft picks. The salary of amateur players is suppressed by uh, cap on the amount that you're allowed to give to your entire draft pool. No, they like, solved that, though. Well, <laughs> they solved it by Major League Baseball saying... Um, we can make an exception in the case of Kyler Murray. No, that's which, not even what happened. What happened? They 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 said the 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 acknowledgement on MLB's part was that it would be fine to put Kyler Murray on the forty man roster in order to pay him the money that he wants. But he which has to is be on the- that is against the rules. Amateur players are not allowed to sign major league contracts anymore. So major league baseball is making an exception. No, but the they already signed Kyler him. Murray. They had already signed him. Like right. To, so their sign- argument is that this would be like an extension. Yeah. For a player that has not arrived yet. Yeah, that's that's some creative accounting, I think. Sure. I mean, it's got to be because this guy wants to play football uh really badly and and in terms of like guaranteed I'm, money and mm-hmm. all of the things like, you know, being more famous, being more rich, uh being more I guess fulfilled as an athlete right away. Mm-hmm. It's it's you know football is a pretty sweet, a, much a sweeter deal at this point. Yeah, for sure. I'm the the thing is like, if you could get away with this in every case, then every player would demand, like every good player would demand this kind of extension. When the teams call them ahead of the draft and say we're considering drafting you, their agent would say, all right, well you know the Twins offered us a. Uh, you know, an extension plus $15 million, you're going to have to beat that. Well, they don't usually have the leverage of being like, if you don't sign us right now, we'll walk away and go to another sport. Right. 
that's the problem. I mean, the problem, you're, the, the scenario it seems like you're putting forth is that, like, a player would say, like, I'm not going to sign with you. I'm going to, like, let myself drop to a de- another team mm. because they're willing to pay me more. And I don't think that's Right, a they don't thing. usually have leverage. Sometimes they have leverage um, to be able to go back to school. But you're right. Kyler Murray is the only, this, <laughs> he's the only player who's ever had leverage, which is why the baseball teams are able to underpay them. But, like, also, if they were given the chance, baseball teams would pay amateur players more. They're demonstrating that they're worth more to them by the amount they're willing to give to Kyler Murray, right? If, yeah. If, if, if the draft pick pool um, allocations were actually an accurate reflection of their value, they wouldn't be interested in giving Kyler Murray $15 million. Bo Jackson had leverage. I agree. Bo Jackson, um, the last successful... Well, I don't know. By what metric? Um, maybe the most legendary two-sport athlete of the uh-huh. past, you know, ever. 50 years or so. Uh, no, not ever. Come on. You know, back when back when sports were nothing, everybody was playing all the sports. It didn't matter. Right. So he's the most legendary one of ever. Okay, maybe. Um, at any rate, Bo Jackson, uh, I think that he said, like, he said to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, if you draft me first in the football draft, then I'm going to go play baseball. And they did. So he did. Um, and then he wound up back around with the Oakland Raiders and become one of the best football players of all time. My point is, I think that I like, I don't know if I were Kyler Murray mm-hmm. and I'm not, Lord knows I'm not, I don't share any of his, uh, 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 any of the, 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 uh, virtues of Kyler Murray that make him like a big, uh, two sport athlete, all-star. You're similarly small. You're That's smaller true. than him, but he is he's noted notable for being pretty small. I'm not much smaller than him. Well, he's like five uh, ten, right? Yeah, or uh, he might even be five nine. Really, he would be the he would be the shortest quarterback in about thirty years, I think. That's the problem with Kyler Murray. He's a very short quarterback, but everybody likes him because he's an athlete. Um. Anyways, if I were Kyler Murray, I'd play two sports. Who cares? You can't. <laughs> you physically sure you can. could not play two major league sports at the same time. Bo Jackson did it. Yeah, but he wasn't playing quarterback. Oh, that's a good point, I guess. Deion Sanders is the other one. Deion Sanders is the only player to ever play in a Super Bowl and a World Series. Is that right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, but he was a cornerback. The right. The problem is the, the quarterback, you can't, like, uh, Bo Jackson, like, joined the football team midway through the season. Um, that's right. Right? Like, you can't do that if you're the starting quarterback for your team, which is also, like, just, like, a, an analytic heavy position. Like, you got to know all the plays and all the players and everything. Yeah, and it's one position where, like, <clears throat> you know, you really want to probably dedicate all your just because, like, there's only one quarterback generally. You know, it's not like you can be the backup quarterback and expect to get any attention or playing time. Right. So. Yeah, so the 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 there's been a, a, a horrible debate raging among the sports community about whether Kyler Murray should pick uh, baseball or football. And there are advantages to both sides. If he picks football, he'll get money immediately, <laughs> which is why he wants money from the A's. Because like he'll fame. get to go immediately. He'll go, he'll be a famous player. He'll get to play in the NFL. And that comes with more perks than just money, right? He gets to live in a nice city. He gets to stay in his nice hotels on the road and, like, eat good food. If he goes to play minor league baseball, for one thing, his salary is bad. Um, and he gets bad food, bad hotels, riding on the bus all the time, not famous. And then... live in a less interesting place. Like, if people don't bring this up, but, like, odds are very good that he never even makes it to the major leagues. 
I don't know. He's a very good baseball player. He is. Of course, he's a very good baseball player. But like, you know, most draftees, even first round draftees never make it like half of first round draftees never make it. And then some portion of that or anything at all to sneeze at. Could you imagine being a professional baseball player? It'd be nice. Well, no, it'd be terrible. It seems like it would be kind of terrible, to be honest with you. This whole podcast is kind of predicated on the idea that it would be cool to be a professional baseball player. (laughs) However, (laughs) however, talking about Kyler Murray right now, it kind of dawns on me that it sounds like it might be kind of miserable. Being a minor league baseball player would be quite, quite miserable. Yes. Um, Yeah. I mean, most, most baseball players are minor league baseball players. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And most tater tots spend a good portion of their careers in the minor leagues. Um, the problem, of course, with football is that if you play football, you're probably going to get a brain disease and die early. Yes. From concussions. Yeah, but not if you're a quarterback necessarily. Right. It's probably safer. A little bit. It's a little bit safer. It's not as safe as baseball. But boy, if I were Kyler Murray, I would probably pick football. I agree with you because uh, I think that it would be the most like stimulating for him as a person. You know what I mean? This a lot of this conversation he gets to be a is star. He's a quarterback. No, 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 no. I just mean like I saw somebody on the Effectively Wild Facebook page. Which yeah. Th- now we're this marks the second time that we talked about Effectively Wild this episode, which <laughs> seems like. <laughs> It's like becoming a problem, I think. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. Um, I saw somebody be like, how come nobody ever talks about like what like sport he wants to play more? Like which one he would have more fun playing? Oh, yeah. Um, and like <laughs> the thing is that, yeah, right? Like this conversation is like completely centered about like business and like fame and notoriety and stuff like that. But like right. the thing about, and this is, this really is, it's kind of all rolled up into one package, but like the nice thing about being a professional football player is that you get to be a professional football player right away. Yeah, exactly. Um, and if you're Kyler Murray, who's like a pretty good baseball player and presumably could maybe hold his own in major leagues pretty quick, maybe not right away because he's still pretty young. No, he's super raw. That's another thing about Kyler Murray is that he has played very little professional baseball. Or sorry, he's played very little baseball. Like he mostly focused on football and like all of a sudden he came out of nowhere with these really good tools. Um, and everyone was like, whoa, maybe he's a potential first rounder, but there's a lot of risk. Maybe he sticks with football. So, no, I think he would take a lot of development. Yeah. I mean, and on the other hand, you know, if he's a football player, he's a football player right now and you yep. play football every week. And that, yep. uh, that's got to factor into it. If, I mean, again, if I ruled the world, if I ruled the baseball, I'd give him all the money in the You'd world. Give him all those player. crown jewels. That's our policy plank. I would also I, say make minor leaves li- make minor leaguers lives nicer. Yeah, I think maybe that's the broad policy plank, is uh, give all of the minor leaguers like Some a money. fair wage. Yeah, a wage. Yeah, <laughs> a wage uh, of more more than six thousand dollars a year. God, <laughs> let's bump it up to sixty five hundred dollars a year. Yeah, you that's, get yourself a nice snack. That's so little money. <laughs> yeah, it's outrageous. It's a real big problem. Yeah. But, Kyler Murray, you can have a lot of money. We'd like to see you be a baseball player, I guess. Please. And and preferably, fewer people, I think, become football players. Yeah, I, I think that that's, that's definitely also a part of the plank. Do you want to move on? Mm-hmm. Because this is kind of like a sneakily... I think this is... <laughs> <laughs> it really kind of stinks that we blew this episode so far by really being kind of boring and, like, uh, tangent-y. 
you know, because I think that this is sneakily a very interesting episode. Maybe we can, um, <clears throat> maybe we can start over. Just start all the way over. <laughs> yep. Welcome to Tater Tots. It's week 10. We're talking about Herman Marquez. Wow, double digits. Double digits. We're talking about Herman Marquez. He's a pitcher for the Colorado Rockies. He's this year's silver slugger uh, for the pitching position. Agreed. He pitched an immaculate inning. Yes. And on top of it all, the thing we're going to talk about today, he is the first pitcher to hit a home run off a position player since 1986. Astounding. All at the age of 23. Yeah. A little, a little baby. He's good at a, pitching, good at hitting. A um, bouncing baby. Good at being younger than us. He's especially good at that. I would argue that he is 100% good at that. He's one of the best in the world at being younger than us. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of competition for that. He's tied for number one. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but he's also, like, most of those people aren't silver sluggers. No, or excellent baseball pitchers who have to pitch in course Field. And yeah. they hit a very good dinger. The point is, I think when we were setting this up last week and you were like very excited about it, I thought you were like making fun of him. Yeah. Uh, but I'm really excited about uh, uh, this week's uh, uh, topic of conversation, Herman Marquez. You, who, yeah, uh, s- not so secretly, but a little bit of a secretly good player. It's very difficult to become a notoriously good baseball pitcher if you play for the Rockies where even the best players give up a lot of runs just by virtue of playing in a, a very hitter-friendly environment. Yeah. Um, but Herman Marquez has been breaking through to some extent. Um, you know, he plays on a team with uh, Jonathan Gray and uh, another guy. Um, but he's... <laughs> uh, I think Jolie Chassin is on their team now. That's not who I'm talking about. Another young player. Um, Chad Bettis? It's Google time. We're Googling the Rockies. Kyle Freeland is who I'm thinking of. Who? Okay. <laughs> let's watch the dinger. Okay, yeah, let's uh, do so. Not trying to keyhole anybody. You're just swinging. Oh, just hit home. Hand off. Going 10 rows deep, left center field. I'll just hand Herman a silver slugger when he comes to home plate. He brought a 300 average into the ball game. He hit that a mile. 19-1. A little cement mixer. That ball got destroyed. First career home run. Man, doesn't he? Uh, doesn't he smash that so good? He really does. Uh, and and you know, <laughs> did we do a when 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 did we do the position player pitching episode last? Was it? Yeah, it was Nick Martini versus Francisco Arcia. That's right. Yeah, the thing about Francisco Arcia obviously is that he threw that pitch like a BP. Uh, Daniel Descalzo, who is the pitcher here, uh, the position player previously mentioned he throws a pitch he certainly throws a regular regular old baseball pitch um not 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 good but certainly not a francisco arcia level no uh, he threw he threw that ball right down the middle um and we're we're, i think we'll talk about um daniel descalso a little bit later but let's go back to the video what do you like about it 
Uh, oh boy, I like a couple things. I like a one. Um, Herman Marquez. Um, he hits it extremely good. Like he hits it like ten, twelve rows back. Yep. Um, into left center field stands. Yep. Um, the thing that I particularly like about the video is Daniel Descalso's reaction. Did you notice that? I did, and I'm getting to that part of the video again where it's just like the camera on Descalzo as he's pitching, and you know, there's no like angle on Marquez at all. Right. So, I'll I'll as it comes up, I'll try to describe it. Okay, so here comes the he's he's high fiving everyone, and we're high fiving. There's Ramel Tapia, and there's Bud Black, and we're high fiving. Here's the replay. Uh, first, it was uh, middle middle. A pretty bad pitch yes. on a hump. Herman gotcha. Marquez did get all of that. Oh yes, oh yes, deep into the Colorado night. Uh, but there's Daniel Descalzo, and it's a regular pitch. It's a regular pitch. It's a regular pitch uh, until it isn't, and he's so disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a regular pitch through the windup, and then he ah beans ah ah man. <laughs> He knew what happened. Yeah, he knew. He, he knew he's so upset. He kind of like not not like a full flail, but he demonstrates how upset he is by kind of throwing himself around a little bit. His shoulders just kind of slump immediately. Yes, yeah, I really like slump hard. I like it. It's a colorful reaction, and it's it's a colorful reaction from a guy who knows that his team. He just put his team down nineteen to one. <laughs> This is a rough one. This like. is the second dinger that he gave up. Uh, at least the second dinger. Is that right? Yeah. In this game? Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, he, he kind of had to wear this one, I think. Uh, that's kind of how it goes, I think, when we come up with pitch, uh, position players pitching. Yeah. Um, And the other thing that occurred to me uh, right before we started recording was that we have two pitchers on our list, and this is it. Wait, we <laughs> did dead. both of our starting pitchers in a row? Yes. Huh. That's yeah, an accident. That, yeah, that was definitely an accident. If we had realized that, we probably would not have done this. Well, you know, we put a lot of work into the um, the order of the order episodes. of the episodes yep. for some reason. Yeah, I don't know why we didn't think about this even a little bit. That's bananas, isn't it? That's really weird because there are a lot of starting pitchers who hit just one home run. It's a very common way to hit just one home run. Yeah, yeah, and most of them were just kind of regular home runs. They weren't interesting enough for one reason or another, except for Jake Arrieta and Herman Marquez. Man, I'm looking at our list of players right now, and, like, at the beginning, when we first put this list together, I was like, boy, there's going to be some slumps here. I don't know what we're going to talk about, but I'm, like, excited about most of the upcoming players. Oh, good. Yeah. I'm glad. Yeah. I, I, haven't, I haven't actually looked at the episode order in a while, except I know that I'm excited for the next episode very much. Oh, yeah, and we'll talk about it. <laughs> Oh, you know we will. Next week when we talk about it, we'll talk about it. Hey. Hey, we're going to talk about it. Hey, you know about next week? You heard? You heard about next week? Going to talk about it. Anywho's, um, Daniel Descalzo uh, 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 made his way over to the Cubs this offseason. Yeah. So, so that's one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a pitcher in high school. Yeah. He's I one mean, of these that, guys. That explains why he has... A regular pitching windup, and he doesn't look embarrassing out there like Francisco Garcia. Right. But I think that a lot of Major League Baseball players pitched in high school, right? It's not like he pitched in college, even. Yeah, but I think that, like, people are aware of that, and they kind of utilize him. Because he does have, like, almost six innings as a pitcher in the majors. Uh-huh. Like, it's not, that's not, obviously not, like, a ton of innings, but... It it does. It indicates indicate, that that they know that he's someone you can use in a mop up role. He yeah. has that capability. Five and two thirds innings to a four point seven six ERA. Right. Not 
<clears throat> not great. Could it's be worse. lower than you might expect if you just watched this one clip. Yeah, and also for five and two thirds innings, it really it could be a lot higher, considering right. the kind of right. If you just give up six runs, like yeah. Um, another interesting thing about Daniel Descalso before we cast him aside and talk about Herman Marquez exclusively, right? Which I'd love he, to. Which you know, I've been chomping at the bit for it. Um, he's the highest drafted player ever out of University of California Davis. He was a third round draft pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was pretty good at UC Davis. <laughs> like, I don't. There's this thing about uh, major league baseball players, and you look at their like minor league stats or their college stats or their high school stats, and it's always like you know they batted like 500 yeah. and had like 20 strikeout games and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, that's kind of how you know they're going to be a major leaguer, I think. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like at college, it's a little bit tougher. Like, you know, the guys are a little bit more mature. They know what they're doing. And he still hit career 400. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, the really good players, they will <laughs> they'll show themselves. Except he's Daniel Descalzo. <laughs> I mean, everyone who makes the major leagues is really good in college, I think. I mean, that's, that's I guess that's not always true. But you'll you'll see this kind of thing a lot, I yeah. think. Well, but yeah, good. that's that's wild. <laughs> Good for Daniel Descalzo. Sorry that he had to give up a home run in a mop-up role. Uh, let's talk about Herman Marquez. Uh, I think that he was in a pretty contested, pretty contested race for the Silver Slugger this year. Yeah. Uh, who else was in the competition? Pulling that up. They don't. I looked this up, and they don't have like the the breakdown of first place, second place, etc. No, but I mean, I I remember looking at this and just like looking at the stats. Of the people who were in the running. Could you sort... That might be complicated. Trying to think of ways to like sort pitchers by offensive performance. What about Jake Arrieta? Jake Arrieta. His name is familiar for some reason. Hmm. I'm trying to find just the actual thing and I can't. I'm mad about it. Right. What are you looking for? Because I feel like I tried to find, (laughs) I tried to find like players in contention for the Silver Slugger at pitcher, but it's like, (laughs) go figure. Not a lot of people are really concerned about it. I feel like I was maybe just looking at a season statistic, like the best pitchers of the season. Mm -hmm. Give me a minute. Yeah. Bumgarner didn't have a lot of playing time this year and he didn't even hit any dingers. So usually... You kind of hand it to him by default. But Herman Marquez made his case known this year. But here's what I'll say about uh, Marquez. Um, this was his only extra base hit on the season. He had a lot of singles, but I believe he had zero walks. Um, so even though he had a high batting average, uh, it was, you might call it rather empty. So yeah, the batting average is 300, but the OBP is also 300. Right. Uh, and the slug is uh, 350. Right, so although that is good for a pitcher, that is I, I find that lacking in several ways. The fact that he did not hits. he did not have a single walk on the season. I mean, how do you how would you go about sorting mm-hmm. MLB batting leaders twenty eighteen? But I want it by pitcher. Like I just want to see the pitchers. You might need to do a play index. Okay, well we're gonna have to edit this out. Great. So we did the we did the play index, uh, just 2018. 
just the National League, just pitchers with 20 plate appearances uh, at minimum and uh, sorted by OPS+. Plus. And and who who led the league in actuality? Was it Herman Marquez? Yeah, no, it wasn't. And I now that I'm looking at this, I'm remembering the kind of controversy that came out of Cincinnati because Michael Lorenzen was a legitimately good hitter this year. Oh yeah, <laughs> Michael Lorenzen really, 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 really deserved to win the Silver Slugger this year. How come? <laughs> how come they didn't give it to him? Was it? I have absolutely no idea. Do you want me to read you Michael Lorenzen's stat line? Yeah, please I'll do. Just, I'll read you the slashes to start. The batting average is not as impressive, obviously, as Herman Marquez's. It's a 290, though. Well, that's uh, that's virtually the same impressiveness, but go on. Sure. The OBP is at 333. Right. Uh, which, again, virtually the same. Now let's get into the slugging. Let's do that. Uh, <laughs> Michael Lorenzen is notably not a tater tot this year. <laughs> the slugging is 710, which makes the OPS <laughs> the OPS one. Point zero four three. Yeah. How Michael many Lorenzen, appearances did Michael Lorenzen have this year? Played appearances thirty four. Okay. So not a ton, but no. how many did uh Herman Marquez have? Uh sixty five. Okay. So that might have been that might have That's probably you know, why. Well, maybe, but also Michael Lorenzen hit four home runs. He appear is there a, is there a is there an offensive war category in the play index? Can you uh you might be able to sort by let me try. Yes, here we go. Offensive war. Is it? Yeah, just O-War, because you don't want their pitching value. Right. Uh, so the leader of, in O-War, um, under the all the same parameters, that's Max Scherzer. Is that but right? Now tell me close. about Max Scherzer pr- production. Max Scherzer had a ton of plate appearances. He had 78 plate appearances. Gotcha. The slashes were 243, 274, 271. So, like, you know, on paper, it's not that impressive. He had six RBIs. That's probably where the war came from. You don't get war from RBIs. You don't get war from RBIs? No. Well, he had 17 hits also. How many and hits? Two, <laughs> he had this 17 is getting hits. a little bit into the weeds. Um, he how had many 17 hits, hits did Marquez have? Marquez had uh, 18, but uh, Scherzer had two doubles to Marquez's none. Zero doubles. Yeah. As you mentioned, Mar- Herman Marquez only had the one uh, extra base hit, and that was this home run that we're talking about. Herman Marquez had a major advantage, which is that he sure. got to hit in course field. Which yeah, and he didn't take advantage of it. I, 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 you know, it really does seem like Michael Lorenzen got hosed here. I, Michael Lorenzen obviously got mega hosed. Um, yeah. If only he had more plate appearances. This year they're going to play him as an outfielder some, which to me is a delicious and wonderful development. Yeah, it's, it's really exciting because I think that, <clears throat> you know, generally the hard thing, the thing to get over the hump for pitchers who, who are trying to turn into two-way players is um, hitting. And so he already has the hitting. <laughs> Right, he just has to learn how to pitch good. Yeah, I mean, he's is he a really bad pitcher, Michael Lorenzen? No, he's fine. This is the backdoor into the Michael Lorenzen episode that we're like, that we've itching to do. We've excluded ourselves from having it because he's hit too many home runs. Oh, he hit so many home runs. Yeah, yeah. Michael Lorenzen at one point was the subject of an article. Um, he's good. Yeah, he is a very good hitter. Because good when pitcher. he first came up, he was for some reason entirely unable to swing a baseball bat. Huh. Uh, he was hurt in some way. Yeah. Um, and it was an analysis of all of his plate appearances and how he somehow did pretty well without swinging for a whole like half season. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but now he's, in a, he's a legitimately good uh, baseball hitter and he was robbed of the silver slugger by yeah, Herman sure. Marquez. And, and I feel like you kind of did him a disservice as a pitcher too. I uh, How good was he? 
He pitched you a 311 ERA. That's not terrible. No, in Great American Ballpark, that's that's pretty good. Not that's... a ton of innings, though. Yeah. Under 100 innings. He must have been hurt or something. Well, I think he kind of he was relieving some. Oh, okay. Well, uh, then maybe, yeah. maybe not so good. Um, but at any rate, uh, congratulations to... Congratulations to both these players. I think they both provided more value on offense than most pitchers. <laughs> Uh, I don't even think that's true. Yes, it's true. It's obviously true. Michael Lorenzen and yeah, Michael Lorenzen and Herman Marquez both pull in with a point seven oh war, which is the, so. There's a little bit of a, a log jam at the top. There are yeah uh, six pitchers with an O war of at least point seven. Oh, uh, who are and who are they? All of them. Sure. Uh, Michael Lorenzen, Clayton Kershaw. Herman Marquez, Zach Granke, Brent Suter, and Max Scherzer. All right. And then there's it starts to fizzle out a little bit. Though. I would be happy with any of them getting the silver slugger. Um, but it was it was Herman Marquez because he got so many dang he hits. He got so many singles in one really good dinger. And maybe it, in the end, you know, that makes it all worthwhile. What makes what all worthwhile? He got the silver slugger on the strength of one wonderful dinger in a 19 to 1 blowout. To be fair, this is only like the backdoor Michael Lorenzen episode, so I haven't watched any of them. I'm sure. Uh, I don't know, actually. Like, this is an extra. I'm sure Michael Lorenzen hit some nice looking home runs, and he is a very strong looking person, so I'm sure they look kind of powerful. Um, but Marquez squared this pitch up so well and hit it so hard. Um, oh, my God. Michael Lorenzen hit three home runs in one week this season. Yeah. I'm sorry. He should have been the silver slugger. I'm really oh, for sorry. sure. Maybe we should do a Michael Lorenzen bonus episode. No, no, we can't do that. That's not fair. He hit too many home runs. Yeah, we'll have to start a new podcast called Players Who Hit More Than One Home Run. Great. <laughs> the first episode is about Michael Lorenzen. And the, <laughs> next ep- and the next episode is just about everybody else. I like him. Um, if you're going to do a podcast about players who hit more than one home run... That you start with a, a player who... How many did he hit? He had four. Four. Because you and, could you could pick anyone. You could hit someone who picked... Who and hit really, yeah, runs. right. Um. Oh, boy. Hang on a second. I muted my laptop, which was ill-advised. Jesus. There's a lot going on right now. I really wanted to watch uh, Michael Lorenzen's home run compilation. Right. <laughs> just to see if there were any good ones. That's not a great one. Mm. That's just a normal one. Mm. I'm just going to, I'll give you a quick assessment to let you know if any of these home runs would have made it on the tater tots. Great. This is good audio. Well, I mean, it will be when we done. Yeah, that's true. Chopping it up. But you're right that I do like to sit here uh, silently and watch videos on this podcast a lot. Michael Lorenzen. He looks so happy. Yeah, I like Michael Lorenzen. He's also a big Clemente fan, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right? That's why he wears. Well, that's a very that's a good reason to like him. Yeah. Here's the second one. Ooh, that's a nice oh. one. Is it better than Herman Marquez's home run? No, it's a little line drivey. But okay, a little worse. A little worse. He squares it up nicely, but it's definitely like a lime dri- line dri- a lime drive home run. Oh, a good lime drive. This one, you go to the grocery store to get limes, and it also is a certain kind of home run. I would think that a lime drive is like a like a charity event to raise limes. 
raise money for limes? No, no, no. <laughs> to donate raise limes lime. from a seed? No, no. Like everybody comes and donates a lime. Oh, for like a lime drive, like a cam drive, or <laughs> <laughs> can a cam. You know when drive. you donate cams. <laughs> yeah, like a camshaft. Yep. That's a really nice man. Oh boy. I mean, it's it is a little line drivey as I mentioned. Yeah. Uh, but it's a sweet stroke. So the new rule. Oops. The new rule that we've established here is that the silver slugger. Oh! Sorry, he hit a grand slam, and it's a good one. <laughs> the silver slugger should rightly go to the player who hit the best home run at their position. I think that that should be the rule for pitchers. Sorry, I took a big old glug of water right when you said that. Um, that that's okay, as long as the audio caught it. I think it... Oh, God, now I'm messing with a bunch of Allen wrenches, too. This is bad. Yeah. All right. This is this is the wrenches. I love that. That's good audio. And then I ran out of water on that last glug, so I'm just gonna have to like pretend to drink. Mmm, water. <laughs> uh, suffice it to say that I came out of this experience a little bit disillusioned with Ramon Marquez's performance this season. <laughs> Yeah, so that, that's the first thing I noticed, because everyone in the clip, they're like, you might as well hand him the silver slugger as he crosses home plate. Um, but then I looked at his stats, and the, it jumped out to me that he literally had zero other extra base hits this season. Poor guy. Yeah, I mean, he seems like a, a, a well-competent hitter, and again, it should be emphasized, a very good pitcher. Yeah, he did. I mean, you know, for all, for none of the extra base hits that he accomplished this season, he did uh, uh, accomplish an immaculate inning. Which is oh, yeah. even harder to do than hitting a home run. <laughs> I would argue that more players have hit a home run than have pitched an immaculate inning. That's certainly true. Um, uh, an immaculate inning is an inning where you strike out the side on nine total pitches. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it is a rarer feat than a no-hitter and less rare than a perfect game. 86 total pitchers have ever done it. Yeah. There have been 217,000 games played in baseball's history, mm-hmm. and only .0004% of those games included an immaculate inning. And how many of those games have included a home run? How many games did players hit a home run in? Yeah, what percentage? Boy, I don't have that information at my fingertips, but it's an interesting question. I would estimate somewhere between like 80 and 85%. That is much higher than I would estimate. Really? Yes, because in the dead ball era... Which, you know, contributes a substantial portion of history, of baseball history. So, like, from 1900 to 1928, I bet the average was, like, you know, between 5 and 10% of games. Great. I'm going back to baseball reference for this. And then after that, the average probably rose to... I don't think that the average is ever as high as, as 80% or whatever you said. Um... I bet even now it's like close to that. I'm looking for. I know that there's a page on Baseball Reference that will have this. I don't know where to look though exactly. This might be our googliest, heaviest episode of all. I know it's really annoying. I'm sorry. Yeah. All right. So as of today, mm-hmm. there have been 217,082 games played. Right. And. 300,774 home runs. Many of those home runs took place in the same game. 
Yeah, so? You can't assume. Oh, I see what you're saying. I see, yeah. what, you're saying. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's no way to know. No, I think this is an impossible question. <laughs> Probably it is. But I will say that I think an immaculate inning is a rarer feat to accomplish than hitting a home run. And I'll stand by that, even though I don't have the data to back me up. I mean, it's definitely true. <laughs> I mean, we'll see. I'm fairly confident. Just, I feel like, uh, by accident. Oh, he did this against the Pirates. That's embarrassing. The immaculate inning? Yes, he did. I'm sorry. He didn't even know he did it. Yeah. That happens a lot, I think, with immaculate innings. Because it goes, to... it goes so quickly. You just think, oh, he did a good job. Yeah, this quote, <laughs> this quote from the Athletic article about uh-huh. it, which maybe we picked the wrong article because nobody's going to be able to read this. Um, oh, yeah. The quote is from the catcher, Tony Walters. She says, he did what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, what yeah. Good <laughs> quote. <laughs> he did what? Oh, yeah, yeah. The three Ks? Yeah, that was an awesome inning. I wish we did that every inning. <laughs> which, yeah. Do you think that is an unflattering quote from Tony Walters or that he's kind of a doof? No, I don't think that either necessarily needs to be true. I don't know enough about Tony Walters to pass judgment, obviously, but like the I thing don't know that it. they quoted him on was he did what? What? I'm gonna watch this video real quick. Is there a the video immaculate. of Walters saying that? No, there's a video of the immaculate ending. Though. Oh yeah, it's good. He pitches a lot of I think good sliders. Oh, this was just of the last pitch of the immaculate inning, and it's Gregory Polanco slamming his equipment down in frustration. I would do that too if I were the subject of such an inning. So yeah, I mean we've kind of we've kind of I think uh, become gradually disillusioned with Herman Marquez, but I mean he's tater tot. He's, yeah, and he's it's a man traditionally incapable of hitting a home run who took advantage of a special circumstance, Daniel Descalso pitching in a blowout, and right. he really he took a hold of it and he got that one dinger and that's a great moment for him, a player respect- for whom I have some affection. I respect that, and he, he did this immaculate inning thing, and that's maybe even more exciting. Yeah. And on on top of all of that, he did win the Silver Slugger. Like it, it does seem like he was he won it, sort of unjustly. But it's not like, you know how sometimes, uh, I can't think of a good baseball example for this, but a good football example is Tom Brady, uh-huh. and how Tom Brady is always winning things, and people are like, yeah, get Tom Brady out of here, like give somebody else a chance, right. It's not like Herman Marquez is Tom Brady and like he's the big villain who took Michael Lorenzen's award. Uh, no, no, no. It's it, it's the, it's really nice that he has one. Yeah, on he's paper like, it seems think, like Michael Lorenzen should have won the award. Right. But you, you know he's a good hitter. There'll be plenty of time for him to win another Silver Slugger. Yeah, for sure. He'll probably win a lot unless he transitions to becoming a right fielder or something. Maybe Michael I, Lorenzen will become the Tom Brady of baseball pitchers in the Silver Slugger Award competition. I'll tell you what, I find that unlikely. Uh, I mean, it's been kind of Granky and Bumgarner for a while. You could call them the Tom Brady of Silver Slugger Award in the pitcher category for the National League. No, the problem is that there's not enough like notoriety in the award. Like Some of it has to do with the <laughs> award. Like You think frankly, that people aren't constantly debating the merits and thinking hard about the Silver Slugger Pitcher Award in the National League? Because for yeah, me, I that's think, all I ever think about. I think it was really notable this season. Like Michael Lorenzen's season was particularly notable, and that's why some Reds players made kind of a big stink about it. They did? And I think, yeah, they did. That's why oh, I Oh, I didn't... Okay, that's why you knew about this. And that's... So I, I think I agree with the stink that they made. I think that they were well within their rights to make a stink. Uh, and that takes a little bit of a, the shine off of the apple that is Herman Marquez, but I am not mad at him. Yeah, he's a shiny apple 
the shiny apple of your eye. The shiniest apple that ever was. Wonderful. Um, um before we, we have leave, a one up. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, it's yours thing, right? Yeah. Um, I wanted to give an update on Alex Blandy. No. Um, Wonderful. the episode that none of you listened to, we talked about. Uh, Alex Blandino's Twitter bio and he's got a little recycling emoji in it and we were trying to figure out whether he's a recycling enthusiast or whether it means something different the Reds never emailed me back the Reds PR person never emailed us back um (laughs) for some reason can't imagine why the Reds PR department I mean it is the offseason what do they have better to do than to email a couple of nobodies about whether or not one of their players enjoys recycling let's email them again um (laughs) Anyway, I had a I had a thought, which uh, granted I might I might have had earlier, which was to Google Alex Blandino and the word recycling, um, and it turns out that he participated in like an e-waste recycling drive, and I found a nice picture of him carrying a printer, and he's wearing his hat that we talked about with the California flag, and he's smiling, so I think that there is an even better chance now, to say that uh, Alex Blandino is a recycling enthusiast. Yeah, I'm going to uh, send an email to the Reds PR. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just Hey, just following up on this. <laughs> <laughs> like, really casual. <laughs> Weren't there a couple other PR contacts you could have reached out to and we chose yeah, one? Yeah, I'm going to CC his boss on the next <laughs> <laughs> Hey, just wanted to make sure you saw this. Passive just wanted aggressive. to make sure you guys could give me some feedback on whether or not Alex Blandino is a big recycling boy. <laughs> oh, man. It's such a good picture of him carrying the printer. We'll link to it in the show notes. Yeah, and you know what else I like about? I like that he's wearing the same hat that we mentioned he before. He likes his hat. It makes me feel like he's a real person. For sure. He has one hat that he likes. Yeah, just like me. Yeah, like you. You have certain hats that you like. That's right. But unlike you, he's got nice sunglasses. I don't have nice sunglasses. That's a great point. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of a that's that's one of the biggest like most glaring holes in my like wardrobe is that I do not own a pair of sunglasses. Right. Well, like. you like me have the problem of prescription glasses getting in the way of your ability to wear sunglasses. Do you find lately that people are like surprised that you wear glasses all the time? Nope. This has been happening to me a lot. <laughs> you used for to wear reason. contacts sometimes, but not for a I while. Did. I did used to wear contacts sometimes, but lately, like, my dad even has been, like, (laughs) like, my dad and I went glasses shopping, Uh and I was, he was like, you gonna wear this all the time? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I wear glasses. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I looked into prescription sunglasses, and then I remembered how much my prescription regular glasses cost, because I got a new pair, and I said, yeah, never mind. Yep. Glasses are too expensive. Yeah, and you got the cheap ones. You went to the um, the cheap glasses store. What's it called? Werber Parker. Werber, Werber Parky. I don't want to say their real name because they haven't sponsored us yet. Right, and if they did sponsor us, I would spend the entire segment uh, lambasting them for bad business practices. I would have to research what they are, but I'm sure they have some. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Werber Parky. Don't buy them. Well, uh, I don't I wonder know. If, be... I, if we had a very successful podcast, and I wouldn't anticipate it or want that, but if we did and advertisers came to us, and every time an advertiser came to us, we read an ad segment that was like, don't buy this product, how many advertisers would come to us? Like, how long could we keep that up? Uh, <laughs> two episodes? Three episodes? I think 
I think I'm going to surprise you and say four episodes. You think we could make it four episodes that every time an advertiser... Yeah, do you remember... Um, maybe it is three. There's <laughs> yeah. There's kind of a classic Parks and Recreation joke, mm-hmm. which is that uh, Ron... They're all at the like Whole Foods or whatever. Yeah. And Ron and April are like looking at free samples, and they're like, what is this? And the free sample guy says, it's a vegan bacon. Do you want to try one? Mm-hmm. And Ron Swanson says yes, and he takes it and he throws it right in the garbage. Yeah. And and then he says, can I have another one? And the guy gives him another one, and he does the same thing with it. And the guy says, what are you doing? And he says, I'm making sure no one ever has to eat this. Um, and then he says, another one, please. And the guy says, I don't think I can give you any more. And then April says, I want one. And then she throws it away. Right. But they, that's, that's a, I mean, it's a funny joke, and it's like a little unexpected. But you like think it's illustrative of how many episodes we could get away with it? It's just yeah, three. so th- three. Yeah, right. it's it's a it's a classic three beat structure. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah, for the joke, and for our uh, disdain for advertisers, hate them so much. So that's <laughs> that's gonna do it for this episode of Tater Tots. Uh, as always, please consider donating some money to Baseball for All. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Tater Tots Pod. You can like us on Facebook. That's also uh, at Tater Tots Pod. And you can email us, tatertotspod at gmail.com. We got our first email <laughs> this week, our first real email. <laughs> I want to give a shout out to our friend Paul who emailed us uh, a video of a swarm of bees attacking a, a minor, a Major League Baseball spring, spring training game. It was so great to hear from you. Thank you uh, for emailing us. And now you've kind of uh, created an obligation to email us every week with uh, something, something bee related must be be related yeah okay that's it uh next week as we alluded to uh is the uh the vaunted nate orf episode the legend of nate orf continues on tater tots it's gonna be a really really good episode make sure you tune in in for that one all right uh, everybody have a good week be safe stay warm stay dry and bye bye What'd you say, dead cat bounce? Yeah, dead cat bounce. I think that's a baseball term. (laughs) Okay. Dead cat. Ooh, the second result is dead cat bounce gif. Um, which I'm not sure I want to see. Uh, want to a see dead, a dead cat, cat bounce, bounce is an economic term, in fact. Okay. In finance, a dead cat's get dead cat bounce is a small brief recovery of price in a declining stock. Sure. Yeah, because so like derived if- from the idea that quote even a dead cat will bounce if it falls from a great height. I love that. I think that's really colorful. I think that sometimes when you get into like you know sometimes economics will have like a mm-hmm. uh, like like a jargon. And, like, lingos and, like, slangs and stuff. Sure. I think that that's my favorite one. I don't like most of them, I don't think. Right. Well, this one, you're exactly right. It's colorful. Yeah. It's gross. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> it's weird. I don't know. If mm. I do, yeah. You know, they call economics the dismal science. Oh. Maybe 
they wouldn't have that reputation if they weren't throwing so many cats out of buildings. <laughs>